Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the Play On Review. I am Rana Hussein, and we are here on Insta Live with our live audience. But also, welcome to you podcasters listening back to this. Um, for your visual knowledge, I have a filter. Today's filter for the episode is a cherry blossom tree on my head. I'm not sure if you've used it before on Instagram, listeners, but I highly recommend it. I have um, beautiful petals dropping in front of me and I just feel like an, oh, I feel like an absolute queen. Um, I think this is my favourite yet. Anyway, to annoy with me here, I have Gemma Bastiani, AFLW analyst, uh, and we're here to break down this week's games. Uh, our reviews, of course. If you are watching now on Instagram, you can podcast them later if um, the cherry blossom tree on my head is too distracting and you need to listen to it again. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm a queen, apparently, according to Ginger Nut. So thank you. Um, full disclosure, my five-year-old's just walked in. And I mean, imagine having a mum that does this. It's just, I, I apologise, daughter. <laughs> Anyway, we've got footy to talk. What a round. I felt like last week um, was not the funnest round we've had before. It was a bit, uh, the results were predictable and a little bit boring, not the most exciting games. This week, few upsets, close games that came right down to the wire and some teams making their mark. I loved this round. It was so, I mean, it's, it's even more fun when the teams you like win, obviously. But it was a really yeah. fun round, even, you know, given the weather yesterday in Melbourne, given the change to the game today. Like, there was lots of stuff happening, but the thing that it all came down to was that the games were all really good, which is really fun. Yeah. The drama was worth it because the football was actually great. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't even need the sideshow this time, this round, because it no. was just great footy. Um We'll get to, uh, actually, Lucy Ray said this um, in our chat group from, of, for the Outer Sanctum. She said she felt like there were a few finals preview games, which I'd love to get your thoughts on a little bit later. I felt so as well. Um, mm. 
probably a game that won't, won't, we won't see again in finals time, but I thought it was still interesting, was Friday night's Gold Coast versus Richmond at Metricon Stadium. The Tigs finally got to travel up north um, and they got the win. 4-2-26 to 6-5-41. I felt like Richmond looked the best we've seen them so far. I felt like their ball movement going forward was so much more fluid. What did you think of this Richmond side? Yeah, that's the thing that kind of was lacking in previous games where they've looked really strong is that going forward they've let themselves down so that all the work up the field has been strong and, you know, a massive improvement. You can see the kind of chain of possession and all that sort of stuff until they go to enter forward 50 and it lets them down more often than not. But in this game, it was a completely different story. When they were going forward, for the first time, you finally saw, I love to see Howard's hand there just touching your uh, headphone. Smoking um, my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, we talked uh, in that Melbourne game in round two and a few games since then that they have all these key marking targets up forward, but they're not using them. They're not kicking it into them. They're not putting it to their advantage. They're not playing with that structure. This was the first time that they really did that. So, you know, um, mm. they had 11 marks inside 50. Gold Coast only had four. Brennan had three of those marks for her three goals. Mackenzie and Wakefield each had two. So they're finally using those marking targets for what they're best at and it's showing mm. on the scoreboard as well. So I think that is the biggest thing here for uh, Richmond. Katie Brennan, thank you. Yeah, anyway, I just think it's so nice to have – it feels like she's back. Katie's well, I think back. it's like – She's playing the majority of the game up forward, supported up there, but also the midfield has enough depth that they're able to, there's more than one person that can get it in there to her. So feasibly now she doesn't have to try and carry all the load, even though sometimes she might want to do that. She doesn't have to anymore. Whereas last year it felt like there were four players that had to carry all the whole load. Whereas this year it's much more evenly yeah. spread. Think about all the midfielders that can be kicking it forward as well and all mm. the other players that can lead to create other space around her in the forward line. Last year, that just didn't exist. So provided she continues to play the bulk of her games in that forward line, that half forward line, there's no reason to think this form couldn't continue. <laughs> um, Tessa Levy, I thought, was kind of amazing as well. I noticed her in the first game that she played which I think was round one, um, that she round just showed two, some really round two. She just showed some really great skills um, being a non coming from a non footy background. And I felt like this game, she really showed off some skills. Yeah. Some of those touch kicks, I think were really impressive. Um, just the ability to get it, like pop it up high enough to get it over the back and that one to Christina Bernardi is kind of the pinnacle of that. But there are a couple where she was able to do that, use a bit of her agility. Mm. Um, I'd love, like, the, it's really exciting. I'd love to see that happen more consistently through a game. Whereas this, it kind of appeared in that last quarter for mostly. I'd love to see that yeah. filtered throughout the whole game because I think that can really break games open for Richmond if she's able to do that more consistently throughout the four quarters. 
Yeah, I think she will. I think they're building towards that. Cal is saying um, that burst of speed to deliver the ball to Bernardi was amazing. I had that as my highlight as well. We should probably talk about the player that you tweeted the most about during this game. I'm so sorry. A flurry of tweets about Madison Levi or Levy. Levi. I don't know how to say Levi. Okay. Yep. Um, tell me, what were you seeing? So speaking to David Lake prior to the season starting, the really bullish on Madison Levi, be, not just because of her size, because she can play as a key marking forward, she can chop out in the ruck, but the fact that she's got a rugby background, so at ground level, she's her, her pressure is really high and she's never letting herself be out of a contest. And previous to her missing last week um, through some knee swelling, she was doing all the things right, but then when she actually got possession of the ball, she lacked the polish. I think she kicked three behinds two weeks ago. She just lacked that polish to just get reward for that effort. In this game, she absolutely found it. So she kicked two goals for the Suns, um, but she also... She had nine tackles. For a, a key position player, nine tackles is massive, playing at centre-half forward. Two goals, mm-hmm. and she had three hit-outs as well. She just was, without Sarah Perkins in the forward line and with Jamie Stanton not running through that forward line, they needed someone that they could focus their energy on, and mm. Madison Levi, in her sixth game of footy, stepped up and did it. So she kicked her first ever goal in um, AFLW. The fun part of this is that Sam Virgo also had an incredible game. So there are a few, yeah. uh, a few mature players, a few experienced players this weekend that had a massive, massive say in the small things um, that really did a lot for their team. And Sam Virgo was one of them. Um, she kicked her first ever goal in AFLW as well in a 27th game. So I think that's the fourth biggest difference disparity in experience between players kicking their first ever goal in the AFLW which uh, was just something that I was curious about. Anyway, uh, so she also had 12 touches, six marks, two inside 50s. I I think that's the best game we've seen from San Virgo, probably at the Suns. She was just doing all the little, like the little things she did was just so clever. And I'm so glad she was rewarded with that goal at the end because I know the Suns didn't come away with the win, but she had a really good game. Mm. Um, It was actually a fun game to watch, I thought. Um, and I can't believe Levi's only played six games. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. That was Edible. a sixth game. Um, hey, I'm going to give you my three, two, one. So I went with Conti for one vote, um, just on sheer disposal numbers, really. She's everywhere <laughs> all the time. Mackenzie, two votes in KB3. What did you have? Yes. Uh, I had Lauren, I gave Lauren Irons one. Uh, I would be very, mm. very surprised if Lauren Irons didn't win the Suns BNF this year. I think she's been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've given two to Kate Dempsey. It's the best game we've seen from her. Her ball use, like especially her short kicks, short field kicks were really, really good. And that's, I think what they've been building to with her and they finally kind of got yeah. rewarded. She had the most disposals she's ever had, I think 21 or something. Um, yeah, really liked Kate Dempsey's game. And then three to Katie Brennan, three goals. She was a presence up forward, really liked what she did. So strong. Uh, St Kilda versus GWS on Saturday at in Moorabbin. Um, St Kilda 37.25 to GWS 7.345. I was so happy to see GWS clock up another win, except that it was – so wet and so rainy and a massive shout out to everybody who went and stayed and just didn't care that it was the most uncomfortable weather to watch footy in. You were there like 
bloody troopers and I loved it and I'm very impressed by you all. Um, I did feel like this weekend it was like proper footy weather finally like winter footy weather yeah yeah it felt like the women finally got their footy weather that they deserve well Um, follows follows the giants around doesn't it (laughs) yeah that's true it was bananas this weather um i thought privatelli's made the case now for being dropped and then coming back because she had a cracker of a game so in so she was dropped for round six for rounds three four and five combined she kicked one goal and took one contested mark in this game, mm-hmm. she kicked three goals and had two contested marks. So she kind of found that aggression, found that, I guess, want, for lack of a better yeah. word, and just, I guess, learned the lesson, I suppose. And I really liked the way she came into this game with a real purpose, whereas sometimes mm. the Giants' forward line can be a bit lost and okay. they're a little bit inconsistent. Like Cora Staunton, we love her. She's amazing, but she'll kick four goals one week and then kick none for the next four weeks or you know mm. Privatelli's the same they'll show up and have a really good week and then find it really hard to get into games after that and that's for a myriad of reasons because up the field they're struggling as well a little bit Privatelli coming back and having that sort of performance was really great but what we want to see now is her do this for the next two weeks mm. of the season yeah you don't want to be dropped every second game just to get a performance out of you um is there an upside for the Saints? I feel like for a team that started with such gusto and and hype and momentum or some kind of, you know, vibe, it feels like they're sort of limping towards the finish line a bit. Yeah, so I think the thing that hasn't been spoken about very much with the Saints this year is that they've been without Liv Vesely for the whole season and they lost Rosie Dillon during this game. And the really big thing is that that made their midfield work last year was the fact that the three key midfielders they had, so Vesely, Dylan, and uh, Petrikios, they're all very different. They all complement mm-hmm. each other really well. And then you bring Tiana mm-hmm. Smith into that, who's incredible, but she's kind of in that Petrikios ilk. Now that they've been without Vesely and lost Dylan for the remainder of the season, I presume, um, they've the balance is out of whack here. So I think we need to give them a little bit of leeway for the fact that the the balance is out in this midfield and they can only do so much with the players they've got on the park. They did break the tackling record mm. in AFLW though. They had 103 tackles and they had four players yes. get in the double digits. Yeah, so Alice Burke and Georgia Petrikios each had 10. Catherine Phillips had 12 and Tiana Smith had 14. On the flip side of that, only six players had 10 or more disposals and four of those players were those four that had 10 or more tackles so they had a small number doing a lot of the work yeah right wow I mean I guess it did look like that but it was hard to tell in the rain to be honest (laughs) what was going on there um I want to give you my three two one look I'm I'll admit I'm committed to racing through this because we went so long last week we did and I, I need people to have a an effective Good, restful Sunday night so they can have a productive Monday morning. (laughs) If people want want more, you can just read my roundup on Tuesday from sirensport.com.au. Absolutely. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Beautifully done, Gemma. Um, I gave Beeson one, Staunton two, and Privatelli three for all the reasons mentioned. What about you? Yeah, so I've gone with Privatelli for one. Uh, 
again, mm. her presence up on. I think she faded a little bit as the game went on, but that was as much mm. on her as it was on the ball coming into her. Um, two to Georgia Patrikios. She had a lot of the ball and also a lot of defense. She kind of battled for the Saints in there. And then three to Elise Parker. So I know we all know that Elise Parker is amazing. I know we all look at her numbers after a game and go, wow, that's a lot and, and that sort of stuff. But in this game, in the wet, I really noticed the way she moves around a contest. So when she gets mm. the ball, how does she actually go about clearing the ball? And it stood out to me, I think, in this game because everything was so dour, she was elevated out of it. So her numbers yeah. might not look as good as they pr- usually do or things like that, but I noticed her more in this game. So three votes. Yeah, she was impactful. Great three votes there, I reckon. Amelia saying she's convinced Al McConnell is the best JWS coach. And Loz is saying, I'm watching AFLW with my dad. Oh, in watching AFLW with me. Sorry, I read completely misread that. In watching AFLW with me, my dad has become a Saints fan and a real Kate Sheilor fan. I'm a massive Kate Sheilor fan, so I'm with your dad. Good choice from him. Let's move on to a cracker of a game, I thought. North Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs at... North Hobart Oval, North Melbourne ended up with 5737 to Western Bulldogs 3826. I mean, an expected result, but oh, what a game. This is a real tug of war. Um, the Dogs, I thought, did well to fight back, but that Carney goal in the third sealed the deal. Um, but the thing I want to talk about right up top is the person we talk about every <laughs> every round. And that is Jasmine Garner. Oh, my gosh. Surely she's up the top of the list for MVP this year. Yeah, so we tried not to include her again because we don't want to be, like, beating a dead (laughs) horse. But she was unbelievable in this game. She broke the AFLW record for clearances. She had 13. The previous best was 12. Ebony Marinoff held that for a really long time. Um, But it's not just that that she does really well. She does everything well so she had 28 disposals eight tackles three inside 50s five marks six rebound 50s 469 meters gained seven score involvements she kicked two behinds that's the probably the only blemish on her game was that she kicked two behinds rather than two goals but just in both uh, in all three parts of the ground running defensively and offensively, bringing her teammates Mm. into the game. Like, she's just unbelievable. And again, like, I know we talk about her all the time and you and I had a phone conversation before, me saying, we have to, we can't not talk about her again. (laughs) Well, you can't. She's amazing. She she was amazing. Imagine playing on a team with her. It would be so annoying. You'd be like, I'm really glad you're on my team, but bloody hell, you're you're really good. Um. Hey, I thought the dogs were lacking a bit defensively. Did you notice anything around that? Because I felt like there were a few moments there. It might have been um, one of the Astra Dell goals. I was like, oh, you probably could have tackled her then and you didn't. Yeah, where she took the mark, turned and just ran because no one was marking it. Yeah. I think the issue and the issue for the dogs very similar to what I'm going to talk about Carlton later, is that there was just mm. those tiny little lapses in com- concentration, which against really good teams is going to cause you pain. And that people are calling out, us out for our Jasmine Garner love. 
Um, <laughs> the thing that the dogs did well but couldn't do it for long enough was they uh, – we've talked about the kangaroos really liking that – uncontested ball but the reason they like that uncontested ball is because their kicking efficiency around the field is really high they hit their targets Mm -hmm. and they're able to move the ball quickly because they're not going for a double grab they're not fumbling the ball and needing to get the handball they're able to really use those possessions uh in a really effective way and the way the dogs are able to limit them for parts of the game was stopping the efficiency of those kicks by putting on pressure there might not result in tackle numbers but you know closing the space forcing the quick ball movement rather than stop prop and look um Mm. the the parts that the dogs controlled that's when they were doing it they just didn't do it for long enough in this game and then yeah those little lapses in concentration i mean the second emma carney goal came from a free kick after the third quarter Mm. siren until then Mm -hmm. the dogs are completely in that game like because, I mean, the Roos didn't score in the last quarter. So it was just those tiny little things that let them down. But again, it's a really young side. And I say really young side because the bulk of their team is 18 to 22. They're going to mm. have that stuff happen. If the rest of what they're doing is good, then you're excited for the future. And the dogs coming into this season, I don't think we're expecting finals. I think they were like, we want to do what we want to be doing for the next five years if that gets us to finals great but if it doesn't we've solidified in this group what we're going to be doing and I think they've overachieved almost um so I agree you'd be disappointed if you're the dogs but there's still good stuff yeah I don't think you're walking away thinking anything badly of this season in general to be honest I think you you know they've probably achieved what they set out to which is a really cohesive side that on and off the field um, have a great connection. And I um, I weirdly feel proud of them. I don't know why I feel that's condescending, isn't it? But I feel proud no. of them. And I love watching them play. And I I, I feel like if you're in other, other teams, it's like beware of the doggies. Um, although North Melbourne are becoming really scary. Um, I had Kessie Lamb for one vote, Ashradal to... Um, I thought she was really, really great in this game, um, Rizal, and I gave Ghana three, of course. We The comment that Gemma was laughing about before was from Loz saying, the play on review with Rana and Gemma brought to you by Jasmine Ghana. Jasmine Ghana, good at footy. <laughs> that should be our new t- We should get her to say that and put it in as a sting. We should totally get Hey, can I quickly ask you something? You just said stop, prop and go. Stop, prop, and look is what I said, I think. <laughs> Stop, prop, and look. I just realised you made up your own slogan or is that, oh. a, is that a footy thing that I don't know? <laughs> what? I don't know if I made that up. Is, I'm I'm referring to when you take a mark, you actually stop, get off the mark and look at what's ahead of you rather okay, than taking okay. it and playing it on. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. Not clear? Gotcha. Sorry. Well, I just had to had to clarify. I love that. Stop, prop, and look. It's like um, stop, drop, and roll. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Sorry, give me your three, two, ones. I had exactly the same as you, actually. So I had one to Kirsty Lamb. Yay. So Kirsty Lamb, she had twenty-one disposals, which was the most for the dogs. Five tackles, mm. five inside fifties, four clearances, three hundred thirty-four meters gained. Like 
in a game where Ellie Blackburn struggled to play the way she wanted to play, Kirsty Lamb was a rock there. Um, Ashradell, I've given two as as you as have you. She had eighteen disposals. She kicked a goal, which was the one we just talked about. Six tackles, three inside fifties, three clearances. She's just so clean and evasive with the ball. And then you know, Garner gets three. She's amazing. <laughs> what shock? Um, shock. <laughs> All right, let's get to the game that you wanted to filibuster the entire episode with. Someone Melbourne asked us to. <laughs> yes, on Twitter, so I can't remember who it was now. I'm so sorry, but someone said, can you just spend the whole episode talking about Melbourne? And, of course, we both went, yeah, of course we can. <laughs> um, no, just kidding, but we would love to. Melbourne versus Adelaide at Casey Fields. I don't think I expected this result, but, boy, am I happy that we got it. 6-7-43 to Adelaide's 2-3-15. Woo, what an upset. Well, I'm calling it an upset. I don't know if you would. Um, I want to start with the fact that Dee's managed to shut down Aaron Phillips and seemed to create some kind of wall of steel in their back line. What did she see? Yeah, so I actually went to Casey Fields for this. Uh, Mel, if you're still on the chat, I did message Mel at the start saying, I'm at Casey and the weather is something. Uh, it ended up being fine. The weather ended up being fine. It was actually really it lovely. It was a bit... It looked apocalyptic, though. Like, the sky was red at one point. Yeah. red at one point. It looked Made a bit... Made for some good um, photos. End of days. <laughs> yeah. I was there with... um with Rachel Back, who is by the White Line Photography. Everyone go and follow her because um, she's been doing some great stuff. And um, uh, I was messaging people being a pessimist before the game saying, I can't believe I came to Casey Fields to see Melbourne lose because I am generally quite rational when it comes to AFLW, except when it's Melbourne because I've just, I'm paranoid of getting my hopes up. So I was so pessimistic about this game, just being like, I just get to see them live. It is what it is. And then they started mm. the way that they did. And I was like, oh, this is this is actually really good. And the thing that stood out is that no team has done to Adelaide what Melbourne did in terms of dominating the territory. So even Fremantle, when they beat Adelaide, uh, Adelaide earlier in the year, Freer liked to get that rebound out of defence and use the space and run into a fairly open forward line and do it that way. Whereas Melbourne mm-hmm. actually just locked it in that forward half. And we talked last week about the high-risk, high-reward game style that they were doing in terms of those positional changes and how I wasn't sure how that would work against a team like Adelaide. But because they were so strong in terms of making the ground very, very small and keeping Adelaide under pressure in that small space, it didn't matter so much that they didn't have that many key defenders or they didn't have this or that. They, it again, was high risk, high reward, but because they executed it so well, it was fine. Um, mm. the, the players, I, I mean, Libby Birch was kind of the general of that defence, setting players mm. up and stuff, but Sarah Lampard... She, we've got to remember that she came oh. off an ACL late last year. She came back yeah. um, in round two, I think, this year. She has been incredible. In this game, she had 21 touches. She was just so strong in terms of her intercepting. She had 11 intercepts, but the way she ran off defense, the way she was willing to 
hit hard like bodies she tackled really strongly and she got really high up the ground and it was Mm. so fun to watch her playing at her best after what she's dealt with but then you look at sorry i am filibustering here i will stop in the second brenna tarrant um (laughs) she she is a key forward she was drafted as a key forward she kicked five goals in the vflw two weeks ago and she was brought back into the side and has been playing as a key defender her kicking her field kicking out of defense has been brilliant she doesn't get a lot of the ball but when she does she's very considered with how she uses it she doesn't get mm-hmm. flustered and she's a big body so she can play as that key defensive role and i've been super impressed with her then you look at lauren mcgee who was just playing a third game she really struggled in her first couple the direction from birch allowed her to play with some confidence sinead goldrick i mean that tackle she laid that should have been rewarded that was brilliant like a lot of these defensive yeah. efforts that were, were keeping the Crows stuck in the in their back half was just incredible, and that's how you beat them. They're just this, uh, t- the D's have taken some happy pill or something because they just look joyous when they play. Like there was a couple of weeks there where they just didn't seem up and about, but at the moment, it's just a delight to watch, and this Demon household was very happy. Um <laughs> We have to quickly talk about Tyler Hanks. Um, she stood out to me and I just love watching her play. She's, uh, I mean, incredible. That goal that she kicked. Small, yes. Second smallest player on the field, I should say, because Rochelle Martin was out there. Out of congestion, there were so many players around her. The way she gathered the ball, cleared the congestion and snapped at goal and kicked it truly that is so hard to do and she was so casual about the celebration as well because it was like yeah okay let's move on from this now she's so cool i would not be that cool she's amazing she's incredible so she had 25 disposals four marks five tackles four inside 50s five intercepts and kicked that goal um i had a few messages suggesting that it should have been two goals Mm, i want an score review play review for the aflw i don't know why we don't have it you want us to tell well we want it to be taken seriously the players take it seriously i want reviews especially after that game hey she was playing on taylor uh taylor she's playing on ebony marinoff too like we discussed last week what a phenomenal player ebony marinoff is to have, then have such a great game against one of the greatest i was thoroughly impressed um we should probably oh you've got here rising star please so she's already we got a did... nomination yes but, but another one can you get no no she should win yeah, yeah, the rising yeah, yeah. star you can't get two right you just get two nominations not in the same year no yeah okay but she should just win checking. it is what i'm saying she should totally win it i want ali mckenzie to win it but she should win it i think on merits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's been the most <laughs> consistent She's been the most consistently good performer of any of the nominated players so far. And she's also, you know, in a team that has Maddie Gay and Karen Paxton, she's been Melbourne's best midfielder. Just saying. Yeah, I think we've talked about her almost every round for her performance. Um, Given that, I will give you my three, two, ones. I gave Marinoff one vote um, for just being Ebony Marinoff. Um, Hanks two and Kate Hoare three. Yeah, so I've given Kate Hall one. She kicked her three goals, um, especially when the game felt like it could have gone either way. Kate Hall stepped up and kind of separated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've given two to Sarah Lampard for the reasons I mentioned earlier. I think her defensive work 
uh, and attacking defense uh, was really, really good. And then three to Tyler Hanks. Amazing, right? Um, we have a question okay. about Melbourne as well, I think. Kel Rowe on Twitter, uh, Rowe underscore, underscore Kel on Twitter, um, asked the question, Tegan Cunningham, I watch her, I, I'm going to try and paraphrase this. Uh, I watch her play every week, um, but I'd like to see her have more attack when she contests the ball, unless it's me and I'm not seeing it. But what are the stats saying? I guess when I look across the competition, I see other tools have bursts of energy when going for the ball, where comparatively she seems to be quite passive. Is this a strategy? Um, so basically asking, you know, does Tegan Cunningham need a bit more attack in her game? Yeah. So we saw it in round one. We saw her be that key forward in round two. She was playing that way. The, the really key thing, and this reminds me of the Sabrina Frederick conversation we had a couple of weeks ago as well, is mm. what is the role that she is playing? Because um, if if she's not doing that, is it because she's down on form or is it because that's not what is being asked of her? So Tegan Cunningham, last week Daisy even shouted her out in her post-game uh, interview. Mm in that she played a very selfless role, helping Lauren Pierce chop out in the ruck. So we saw Eden Zanka play in the midfield a lot of last week and then again this week. That means Eden Zanka isn't the backup ruck. She's not the one going in when Lauren Pierce isn't there. Tegan Cunningham is the player doing that. So Cunningham effectively has to occupy the opposition tall rather than being a key lead up forward at the moment. So she's had seven hit outs for each of the last, and I think she's covered the ground really well. So I think given that is the role that is being asked of her, you can't be too concerned, I guess. And I'm not saying Cal was nasty or anything about the question, but I think it's worth analyzing what she's done in the context of the role she was playing rather than, oh, she's a key forward. Therefore she's not playing very well. So I, I would I would say that is the that is the answer to that question from my perspective anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it, it comes up time and time again when we talk about this stuff that our expectations of players versus you know you know and it comes up it ca- comes up about Ebony Marinoff that she plays all, well every week so then our expectation is that she has to lift to, for us to notice that. Similarly, you know, we expect certain things of players and when they don't do that, does that mean they've had a bad game, etc., etc. Okay, so let's get to the game of the round to me. Um, Carlton versus Freo. You were there at Icon Park. Carlton, 6-5-41 to Freo, 6 9 right down to the wire, this one. Oh my gosh! I so many highlights from this game. It was incredible. Um, amazing goals from Darcy Vessio. Uh, like, just was beautiful football to watch. Um, I wanted to maybe start with Mel's question from the Siren Discord, asking, "Was that the game enough to convince critics that Frio can handle trouble? Did they kind of?" seal the deal like did they prove to everyone that they're the team that we all thought they were there's a lot to this question I think so there's the travel part but there's also just Freo being a good team part so 
I mean, Frio beat Adelaide in Adelaide earlier this year. That probably should have been the answer to people who ask questions about their ability to travel. Um, Not one person is asking whether Collingwood's win-loss record is valid because they haven't travelled outside of Victoria. But people seem to have this issue when it comes to Fremantle, and I don't quite understand why it's specifically them. Anyway, they... The Ooh. the loss to Brisbane was really strange because uh, it was a late goal that really kind of stuck the knife in for them. And typically yeah. Freo are a team that will outrun you. So even if you're close at the end, they're usually going to be the team to run over the top of you or they won't let you score. So that's why that Brisbane goal was really strange. We saw them go back to that strong four-quarter team this mm. week. And I mean, like in the final quarter, not giving you any reprieve. And that's what we saw. That's what that three minutes was all about, was that they're not going to stop. Even if if they're behind, they're not going to hang their heads. They're going to find the little gate open and they're going to run through it. It's absolutely what they did. And that's the thing about Freo that made them really good last year. And that's the thing that's going to make them a hard team to beat in finals. It was incredible. Like, an absolutely incredible game to watch. And I, I asked um, best friend of the pod last week, Trent Cooper, about what the conversation was with his team um, ahead of last round. And I, again, I'm just so, so interested because he actually responded on Instagram. Um, oh, did he? Saying that, yeah, he said that the girls lead those conversations actually, that they're the ones who are driving this team um, which I suspect is is a little bit of humility on his part. <laughs> I, I figure he's doing something to contribute. Um, but I'm really fascinated to know what what they talk about when everybody's saying, oh, but Freo haven't been tested. They just get to play at home and, you know, you can't, that you can't know that they're great. Like, did they use that ahead of the travel this week to really kind of put a fire in their belly? I would love to know. Um, or do you... they just kind of block that stuff out? Yeah, I think it's worth also remembering this time last year, Freo played St Kilda in Melbourne. I think it ended up being round four last year. And it was that tight game that that 50 metre penalty at the end, they got over the line by one point. Oh, yes. So yeah. it reminded me a lot of that was that they were challenged all day behind for a lot of the day and then managed to get that last little thing go right for them. And then they returned to Melbourne two weeks after and played a really strong bulldog side and ran out that final quarter, ran over the top of them. Frio are scheduled as it stands to play North Melbourne in round nine in Melbourne. And I couldn't be more excited. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to watch that. I know a lot of people were going for Freo in this game, although I'm sorry to the Blues fans watching this or listening to this at the moment. Um, I mean, a couple of things I want to mention about this game, just because there is so much to talk about. Um, it did feel like a much more even contribution from the Carlton side, the sort of uh, an even spread of who did what. Yeah, there didn't seem to be anyone kind of head and shoulders above the others anywhere on the field. It was very much everyone had the role to play, which I know sounds very cliche, but it is relevant. In their defensive line, Carlton seemed to have been relying on a bit of a zone defense structure so far this year. But what seemed different this week, and I mean, it makes sense that you would change that up 
against a Freo that have such a stacked forward line is that they played very much one-on-one all day in their defensive line mm. and it pretty much played Gemma Houghton out of the game. Sabrina Duffy, I think, struggled to get into the game um, for a lot of it. You know, there were, there were these different things happening for Carlton in defence and then we talked about Karen Harrington and her attacking run out of defence mm. last week. She did that again. She actually led Carlton for disposals with 22. She had 10 rebound 50s, 10 intercepts and 475 metres gained. I like this Carlton defense looks a lot stronger staying in their one-on-one and allowing one or two players to run off as compared to wanting to zone off and cover space. It seems to be much more effective. So I'd love to see that continue for the rest of the season. It really sucks for Carlton because they actually played a hell of a game and they did <laughs> did a really, really good job. And, and as Cal writes in the comments here, you know, that's the Carlton she's been waiting seven rounds to see. And I think we all thought that what we saw today was what we'd get from round one. And it's, it's so, it, um, it must've been frustrating for them to finally get there, but not get the W yep. playing the way they want to play very quickly. There were a few players that really stood up in the Frio fight back. And um, you've mentioned a few of them. Um, I just wanted to shout out Hayley Miller because she was, I thought, really impactful, particularly in that space where they they really did fight back. Yeah, I mean, she had 10 tackles for the game, which is equal most with Kiara Bowers on the ground. But it was her breakaway from stoppages because she is a bigger body that's really strong, but she does have that kind of breakaway speed. Her first few steps, she's able to clear congestion really well. That became really prevalent late in this game when the Dockers were trying to just get the ball forward any way possible. It was her clearing from stoppages and kicking Mm. the ball forward that was really impressive. But Kiara Bowers, um, her game was probably on par with Jasmine Garner's this week. And again, this is why I'm very, very excited um, about them playing one another in two weeks' time. But Kiara Bowers had 10 clearances, 10 tackles and 28 disposals. And she also kicked two behinds. So you compare that to Jasmine Garner, who had 28 disposals, eight tackles and 13 clearances. Like these are two, these are incredible players to watch. And the idea of them both being on the same field in two weeks time makes me nearly want to die. Like this is so exciting. I'm really nervous about that game. I don't know why. (laughs) It's actually just very exciting. I don't know if I should go and watch it or watch it at home on TV because when I'm at the game, as much as I love being there, I get so distracted by everything (laughs) around me that I don't find I don't really watch the game. So there's a part of me that's like, if I want to watch those matchups and and see how this plays out, I kind of need to watch it on TV. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but um, it might just be me who gets easily distracted um hey chewy from america i can't remember where he's living at the moment i do believe it's somewhere in america i do believe it's somewhere <laughs> it's he lives somewhere he's on this earth um he says uh that as a blue docker yes i said blue docker i'm okay with it because it just made me miss the finals last season really which does make me think was this the grand final that we would have seen last year. Yeah, I think this was what it was tracking toward. I mean, you throw North Melbourne into that, but I think these were the two teams on the trajectory to 
play in the final against one another. Mm, fascinating. Um, Mal saying Turbo is not human. She's incredible. I'm so biased. Yes, you are, but we agree anyway. Um, and Chewy is reminding me that he's in DC. I did think DC, but I wasn't going to say it if in case I was wrong. Um, Mal saying, I need to rewatch games at Home Runner because I get so distracted at the game life. Good. It's not just me. Um, I don't rewatch them though, and I probably should. So that is very committed, Mal. <laughs> you have a child to look after as well, though. I do have a child to look after. Um, my three two ones were Laluifi. I thought she had a really good game in the back half and was quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, you know, they kept Houghton at bay. Um, I had Miller at two for the um, reasons we mentioned, although I actually also would have could have given Duffy two, I reckon, as well. I know she wasn't as good as she can be but I thought that she kicked goals when they really needed it. Um, and yeah. I was really impressed by her, but I didn't give it to her. Um, and Bowers three, of course. Yeah. What about you? So I've given to one to Brian Moody. I think she stood up as a presence around the ground when Taylor Harris was kind of being played out of the game by Janelle Cuthbertson. Mm. So Brian Moody has had a really good season, uh, the way she moves around the ground, the way she's able to gather the ball um, and clear it, I think is really impressive. And it stood out in this game because of the the dominance Carlton had around the ball, I think. Um, two to Karen Harrington talked about her attack um, mm. and then three to Kiara Bowers, obvious. Yeah, Taylor Harris was kind of outplayed today, I thought, um, which was a really great matchup to watch. Um commiserations baggers they're out of the finals now right not not mathematically but it's really difficult from now i think they're two they're Mm. two games out of the six yeah so yeah oh that's such a weird result i was so sure they'd be up there this season i'm sorry baggers (laughs) (laughs) why are you giggling uh I think everyone was expecting them to be up there. I mean, I was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a funny old season, isn't it? Well, let's move on to the other massive game for the weekend. Brisbane versus Collingwood today at Malhickey Park. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Brisbane, (laughs) I'm not sure if she's still on. Um, I don't think she would have waited this long to hear that. Um, Brisbane for 11.35 to Collingwood's 4.8. 32 another close one although I can't help but feeling that if Brisbane kicked accurately they would have you know really thumped them although I guess it's both same for both sides um but this game finally toppled the pies were toppled after yeah. season long wins. oh it was that um it was that Whit Noble yeah it got moved Yes, yes, sorry. It wasn't Witten. It wasn't Witten. I was thinking that. I didn't even I think like, about it. I, I was know just like, there's oh, something yeah. wrong. There's something wrong there that I've missed, but I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> Mel actually um, called yes. this on Channel 7 as well, so. <laughs> oh, she didn't get to say. Anyway, she wouldn't have said it anyway. Um, well, yes, even stranger then for Brisbane to have to at the drop of a hat, travel, and then still get over the line. I mean, again, I got the feeling that Brisbane turned up saying, right, 
we are the ones to contend with. Um, don't ever put us in the corner like baby. Um, <laughs> okay, this is what I want to say to you, Gemma. You mentioned last week how teams need to beat Collingwood. Did the Brisbane Lions listen? Did they do it your way or did they find another way? I mean, let's start by saying they would have chosen to do this rather than listen to me and gone, oh, that's a good idea. Um, but they absolutely, they navigated that forward 50 much smarter than we've seen other teams do. They didn't allow Collingwood to pressure them into those long kicks directly to that defensive line. Um, and then once they did get it in there, their their ability to keep the ball, like, maintain that territory keep the ball in there was really impressive because Mm. so many times you just see Collingwood create so much attack out of that defense Stacey Livingston is such a long kick Ruby Schleicher is loving that rebound run out of defense they create so much run and Mm. carry out of there that's really quick and Brisbane just didn't allow them those exits so not only were they smarter going in they navigated the exits a lot better as well and this was the really big improvement we saw from the Brisbane that played Adelaide a few weeks ago is that the way they chose to go forward was much more considered much smarter and it they absolutely um got the um the positive the points out of it because that's the way to beat Collingwood and they've just proven to everyone that's the way to beat Collingwood. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Speaking of the Collingwood defence, Connor on Twitter um, asked, who would you have swapped out for Chloe in defence in favour of chucking her up forward? So the reason this question got asked is because both Lauren Butler and Jordan Allen, who are key to that defensive line, were ruled out during the game. Um, Lauren Butler had a hamstring issue and Jordan Allen had a foot issue. So that obviously helped Brisbane as well because those are key players. Mm. In all honesty, Chloe Malloy is the obvious choice to move back there. Um, she didn't have a touch in the first part of the game up forward. They were really struggling. Um, she's a known defender and she did seem like the obvious choice to go back there. Um, and then once mm. Collingwood got a little bit of run late in the game, she was moved back into the forward line. So I probably wouldn't have chosen anyone else. Um, there wasn't mm. really anyone else to put back there. The issue for Collingwood was that, and well, I don't know if we talked about it on a phone call before or whether it was on this, but the issue for Collingwood was that they had 
Davey kind of shut out of the game in the midfield because of Kathy Spark, which we'll get to. They had Malloy mm. played out of the game because the ball wasn't really getting down there. She couldn't get her hands on it. And this was actually her first goalless game of the year. Um, so, and Aaron Phillips' first goalless game of the year. So there's no, now no one that's kicked a goal in every game this year. Um, you know, the key players were being outplayed or being played out of the game. And then the others had to step up and they weren't quite able to get that even spread like we were talking about Carlton having and things like that. So that proved mm. to be the way to shut Collingwood down is if you remove the impact of Davey and then win the territory, yeah. that's kind of like one and two punch to Collingwood. Absolutely. And watching it, it made me realise just how much Collingwood plays with stars and Brisbane really had a good spread similar to Carlton just a real team effort from the Lions there were a few others that stood out for you weren't there yeah so late in the game I know Lauren Arnell is incredible she had she's having a great season she was great all game but what really stood out to me was late in the game she was kind of playing on that um the Collingwood half forward flank area around that 50 meter line and every Mm -hmm. time Brisbane look to propel the ball out when it was less than a goal in it. She'd do something really smart to make sure they gained some extra ground. So whether it was a tap on or whether it was a handball along the ground, along the boundary to gain more ground or um, little things like that, she's just so clever in the moment. And that's what the seniority and the maturity of players like that brings. And they've got Zilke there, they've got Arnell there, and it's proving to be really helpful as a balance to those younger players. Then you've got Davidson. Mm. So Davidson, her stats, if you looked at her stats compared to previous games this year, you'd be like, oh, she had a quiet game. But she is never out of a contest. She Her work rate is incredible. She moves from contest to contest to impact it however she can, whether she gets a stat for it or not. Um, she registered technically zero tackles. But late in the game, there was a passage of play where she applied pressure to about four different Collingwood players in consecutive um, you know, movement. And it like worried Collingwood out of using the ball cleanly and then they were able to get a bit of that rebound, which is just, you know, that's everything you want from a 20, how old is she? 22, 22 year old player in her second year. Like she's always on her toes. She's never flat footed. So if you watch her, she's never just standing. She's always on her toes, ready to go wherever she needs. And this is what you should be showing your juniors. If you're coaching young kids, show her, show them Dakota Davidson and her running patterns because you'll you'll see that she doesn't necessarily ever get the ball. She doesn't necessarily ever win the tackle, but her influence on the game is massive. And then Kathy Svark talked about her kind of playing Davy out of the game. We know Kathy Svark can go mm. with the best midfielders. Her combination of power and speed really worries um, opposition uh, players a lot because they know that they can't kind of get over in one or the other. Um, she, she held Davy to 14 touches, which is her fewest of the year as well. So, you know, it's all the little things coming together. It's no one big star that's changed it for them. It's all those little pieces coming together, which was really great. What do you like? What do you prefer to watch? Do you prefer to watch a team effort like that? Um, just purely on entertainment factor, or do you like a, a Chloe Malloy kicking three goals? superstar kind of game. I love a team effort. Uh, This is why I've been talking a lot about goal kicking spread recently on Twitter, if anyone follows me. Um, I mean, I come from watching the Swans in 2005 win a premiership off the back of very even team performance as compared to one big star. And that's what 
that's my favourite kind of footy. So, yeah, this is why I love Brisbane. This is why I love Freo. Like, these teams are very yeah. exciting. I mean, North are very much even keel as well. So, yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I like a team I like a team game as well. But I have to say, like, you know, you watching Dusty dominate a game mm. like he did in the grand final last year, I was like, I'm actually quite happy to watch that too. <laughs> I guess it's different. Like... A Jasmine Garner domination as compared to other things. Like, Jazz Garner does the defensive work. It's not all attack for her. And I think that's what I prefer if one person is dominating mm. is, are they running both ways? Are they doing the team thing as compared to, are they getting on the end of a lot of other people's hard work who aren't getting credited for it? Yeah, that's why I asked you because I knew you'd say um, let's get our three, two, ones. I gave Davidson one um, for the reasons you mentioned. Benici two, just purely on um, touches, really. Um, if I think about why I gave that to her, and Alex Anderson three. Ali Anderson, yeah, as well. Um, yeah. My votes uh, <laughs> given one to Kathy Spark because I think without her work on Davy, it would have been a very different story. Um, given mm. two to Jamie Lambert, so. With Davy kind of mm. out of the game, Lambert, I think, had her best game of the year so far. She was quite aggressive as well. So she was trying to get her team up and about. So really liked Lambert's yeah, game. That's true. Then I've given three to Emily Bates, who did only get, I think, the 13 touches, but she laid, I think, eight tackles. She was just, again, very much team focused and very much a leader in the midfield um, when their other leaders were on other lines of the, t- of the ground. Mm. Amazing game. Another cracker. Oh my gosh, that's it. We've got one more to watch, but that's yet to come. So yep. we will Are you gonna are you gonna drop your review of that game in the siren? Yes. Roundup. The roundup comes out on Tuesday, Great. so that'll be in there. So if you wanna hear my thoughts on uh West Coast and Geelong, uh just subscribe to the siren newsletter, sirensport.com.au. Or just go there on Tuesday and you'll see the roundup. Or follow me on Twitter and it's there too. So sorry, everyone, for all the self-promotion. Well, it's good news regardless because one of them has to win unless it's a draw. I've totally jinxed them now. Um, I'm going to let this go now. We've, we've, we need some, some respite from footy for the week. So thank you for joining me, Gemma. It was nice to chat to you again. Um, and, yeah, this audio will be up for you tomorrow as a podcast. Thank you, everyone, and play on. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.